the best of the week on Relevant Radio. I choose to break the silence of pregnancy loss because the number of women who came alongside me after each of our grief experiences to whisper, I know how you feel. I've lost a baby too. That number was alarming. It was as if a secret society of women were emerging to say, I've lost a baby, but I've been told to get over it. You didn't know that baby anyway. Many of these women were just like me. They dreamed of becoming a mother since they were old enough to emulate their own mothers and grandmothers. You are not alone. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. Yeah, it's tough stuff. The loss of a child is a unique and deep pain that changes your life forever. And our society, for some reason, seems to overlook the loss of a child, especially in utero. But it requires really just as much grieving and, and processing as as a child in any other stage of life. And I pray to God I never know what that's like. Uh, you just heard Tanika Dillard. That was a TED Talk about her experience of miscarriage and the loss of her baby. 20 years ago, next week, there was a baby named Edward Thomas Samutis who was stillborn. And a year later, his mother started Ted's Diaper Drive, her mission to collect diapers in memory of babies lost to miscarriage and stillbirth. His mother is Elizabeth Smotis. She's now one of my colleagues here at Relevant Radio. She's the director of donor relations at um, an engagement here for the network. But she's also a devoted wife and mother of five who navigated a very diverse uh, career path from international business consulting to to sales territory management, all the way to here, really. And the journey goes on. There's a lot in between. But uh, she's the passionate founder of Ted's Diaper Drive. I thought we'd talk to her today. It's a heartfelt initiative addressing you know, diaper needs while fostering and, and healing and sharing stories of loss and so much more. It's about giving back, really. And Elizabeth, I'm sorry for your loss. I know it's just as raw. I saw you as that audio was playing, and I know it can be be tough, and it probably never goes away. But share your story. Take us back in time, and what motivated you to make such a difference like you are today? Uh, thank you, Drew. It's such a pleasure to be here and, and share this, mostly because uh, it is a very isolating feeling not to be able to talk about these losses. And and as the lady said previously on the TED Talk, just to um, feel like you're supposed to just overlook it. And there's a real opportunity to promote life in the conversation. So 20 years ago, my husband and I went for our final checkup before delivery and there was no heartbeat and we were devastated. We had no idea that there was any, there was nothing to tell us that was going to happen. It was shocking. He measured perfectly. We never had any indication there were any issues, and it still remains today completely unexplained. Um, So we um, sought really great advice from a priest at Northwestern who actually um, was the launch pad for the bereavement. They are incredible there. They treat you with such dignity, while you're there, we held Ted. He had his little onesie on. They really do protect you and help you experience the child in your arms um, in the best of ways. So we brought the baby home. We had uh, a full funeral up in Lake Forest. Uh, the families who showed up were incredible. 
maybe 70 to 80 families there to support us. I had a luncheon. He's in the the St. Mary's Cemetery in Lake Forest. So we visit him often. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was devastating. I remember times laying on my bed, looking up at the ceiling, thinking I am on the cross with Jesus. Mm. And whatever you want from this, I'm yours. I'm so low. I'm so down. We did go to a hospital group. A dear friend took me to a hospital group one time to see if we could get some support. And I saw people there, women who were there for 10 years, still grieving the loss like it had just happened yesterday. And I said to my husband as we walked out, not doing this, I'm not letting this define us negatively. Good for you. And I sought help from a priest and had spiritual direction for about two years. And within that time frame, really learning to tap into uh, the power of the Eucharist and adoration really strengthened my prayer life. And then I knew I needed to do something. So after his first birthday, I decided to just diaper somebody else's baby with other people's diapers. So oh, I took cool. anybody's open packs I could find uh, through my friends. I packaged them up and took them to a shelter. And so really that's how it got started. Every single diaper counts. Yeah. Um, and then year over year, people started to send me diapers. And then year over year, I would find I would get letters or emails from people around the country who heard about it. And because they had their own losses, just wanted to share stories. Yeah. And then they wanted to know how to do their own diaper drives because it helped them grieve the loss. Yeah, I would think it's therapeutic. You know, to to do something like this. I had a producer who worked with me years ago. I think, and Cassie, if I'm getting it wrong, forgive me. I think it was five miscarriages that she had. Uh, she prayed to get pregnant, wanted to have a child so desperately. She ended up, and, and God brings good out of every situation, which I'm sure you'll probably be able to testify to. You've probably seen the fruit of of the lives that you've changed as a result. She wrote a book on miscarriage. And God would go on. She'd adopt two children. And then to her surprise, never thinking she'd be able to have children, God gave her three more naturally. She's got a family, I think five or six now. And I, I work with her with her colleague. So if someone has suffered loss, I just want to speak to you. I want you to know that, you know, God can bring good out of that situation. It may seem like you'll never get beyond this. The grieving will never stop. But I know from several people, you know, uh, of course you'll never forget it, but but you can move beyond this. How long did it take you? Was it was this therapeutic cause of yours is what helped? And what advice would you give to some woman right now who's who's stuck in that cycle? Engage in something like this? I mean, Cassie wrote the book. You started Ted's Diapers. Mm -hmm. I think anything that you discern uh, in your prayer life that works for you will work. This is what I will say, though. It probably took me, you know, maybe a year to kind of have that heavy grief lift, mm -hmm, right? Because course, I did the active true. work and I had the love of my husband and my children and friends. Um, but this is the advice I have. I say, when you're going through that and you're shocked, fight for it. Don't cheat. Do everything you can to mm. fully acknowledge and be present to that life. Um, I had a friend in the spring who lost a baby that they called St. Jose Maria, and it was maybe about 16 weeks. And I encouraged her to do the same, and she ended up choosing to deliver that baby so they could mourn the baby and really get the support and bury the baby and have the friends be there at the funeral. And 
it's easy to say, I don't want to do it sometimes, but it's not the right path. The right path is to accept the love, accept the cross, run to it, and then find what God wants you to do with it. Did you know that the child was still birth or did that, did you go into labor? What, what happened at that moment and, and how did you reconcile with that, that reality? Yeah. So I was in the, I was having an ultrasound and I was like, where's the heartbeat? And it actually wasn't my normal doctor who's delivered all my children. Oh. It was another doctor at the time. This said, is number three, right? So you uh, already yeah, had this two was number three, right? Births. Said that there was no heartbeat. And um, it was about four o'clock in the afternoon and we walked out of the doctor's office and my awesome husband, Tom, looked at me and he said, okay, we're not leaving downtown. We're going down to Brooks Brothers because I need some clothes. And if anybody (laughs) asks you when you're due, you tell them your due date and we are going to get through this. We checked in at the hospital and they were able to give me drugs to be comfortable because they weren't worried about viability, but I had the Pitocin. We delivered the baby. My brother-in-law showed up and who was awesome to be there. I remember him coming in the door. And as soon as the baby, as soon as Ted came out, the nurse looked at my husband and he was just devastated. And she said, you're going to hold him. And he kind of went, what? And he just, she just shoved Ted into my husband's arms. And thank God, it was the best thing he ever did, and he says that today. Wow. And so we just we took that moment together to really just be present to that vulnerability. Maggie, I don't know what it's like to be pregnant. My wife and I, we've had five beautiful children. I mean, is there this fear that, that you might have a miscarriage or stillbirth? Or what's your greatest fear as a pregnant woman? You know, I think I've conquered a lot of my fears because I feared for a long time that I wasn't even going to get married. I feared that I might be too old to have children. So all of this is a miracle to me. And I have had some friends that have gotten pregnant and have miscarried in the last few years. And one of my best friends, this just happened to her a couple months ago while I had just shared with her that I was pregnant. So we were so excited to be pregnant together. And and then to see her suffer this loss I wanted to be with her in that pain and explore that pain and counsel her, but not take it on myself. I think I told you, Drew, you know, and we we hear these calls come in all the time on the chaplet, you know, for someone that's suffered a miscarriage or, you know, something's happened in the birthing process or in, in utero. And I just keep having this scripture float into my brain that I, I really think is a grace that's helping me just not not take any of that on myself is, is thousands may fall about me, but you are my strength and my shield. Amen. You know, you you are my shepherd. And so I, I'm not going to worry. And if he leads me to that experience, he'll lead me to that experience and yeah. I'll, I'll deal with it then. But I can't fear those things that might not be in the cards for me. This is a miracle in itself. So beautifully said. Were you angry at God, uh, Elizabeth? And the reason I say that is because, you know, I think of uh, miracles, and I'm a big believer in them, as you know, I've seen them. Uh, The Fulton Sheen interceded in the case of a a mother and father whose child was still, well, should have been stillborn and died in in, in utero. Blessed Pachinsky, now St. Pachinsky, the founder of the Marians, a resurrection. So there's many of these resurrection stories of children who have have died. Um, I'm sure you prayed 
right? You prayed hard. Yeah. How did you deal with it spiritually? So I'm not an angry person, but I certainly, I think certain dispositions tend to say, what did I do wrong? And I would say that um, I really was more focused on how am I going to get through this because I have other children to raise and I hope I have more children. I often tell women that the reason why it hurts so much is because you're literally suffering a full life in that moment. Whereas we get, what, 50 years to live with our kids maybe, and we suffer that time period along with ups and downs, peaks and valleys. But when you you have to experience a life that comes and goes so quickly— it's painful. I mean, there's there's nothing you can do, and you just have to trust. You I just think, have to trust. I think of the mothers who lost their children through abortion as well. When they come to terms with the reality of that, the, the pain that they have oh. as well. And I, I hate to leave them even out of this conversation because whether you had a miscarriage, a stillbirth, or you made the mistake of, uh, of abortion, uh, let's go to Peoria, Iowa. Chelsea, good afternoon. Hi. Thank you. Um, I... Um, I found out I was pregnant when I was 21 years old, and I um, <clears throat> um, I was with my boyfriend at the time, now my husband. Um, we were very scared, and we did not know what to do. So we did what most people were doing at our age in our area, um, and we were uh, we went to Planned Parenthood just to see if you know things were viable. What, what what we could do, what our options were. And um, it was the biggest mistake of my life um, because they pushed and pushed and pushed to tell me that I should have an abortion. And they were very adamant and they were very, they said, well, legally we can, we have to make you wait for a week. We have to come back, but you need to come back because the situation you're in, you, you need to. And it was a healthy pregnancy. It was, you know, this baby, he or she had a heartbeat. Um, everything was completely fine. And I said, you know, is there a reason why I need to do this? I mean, like, you know, health wise. And they were telling me that, you know, no, I absolutely needed to do it regardless. And I was young and I was scared. And so was my boyfriend. And so unfortunately we did, um, we did end up making that very hard and very big mistake. Um, we now have two beautiful, healthy babies. So God's grace is so good and his forgiveness is so good. But I will say that one thing that has helped me is as hard as that can be to make the hard decision again to speak about it and share your story because no one talks about how hard it is to get through and to every single day have that choice that that was what that choice that you made right living with that choice <clears throat> they think people think like oh I'll just never think about it again, and that's not the case. And anybody I have ever spoken to about it, that is not the case. Oh my gosh, Chelsea, I just want to affirm you for sharing your story, and I know how much courage it takes. And you will adjust your story today at this moment is going to affect so many hearts. I thank you so much for your courage. And know that your, your baby is 
advocating for you in heaven. I've, I hope you've named that baby. That's also another great thing you can do. Name your babies yeah. whether or pray for that name. God is so generous. He will not disappoint. And there is forgiveness and love. And the most beautiful thing about being women is that femininity of of sensitivity to each other, and we need to stop pushing that aside to be like men, to be hard, to be—we need to really embrace the beauty of that maternity because it's who our Creator made us to be. So sharing your story, I really encourage you to continue to do it and make sure that your children at some point understand this love that you're bringing into the world through this story. Well, Chelsea, thanks for calling. You got a powerful intercessor for you and your husband and and for your children. Elizabeth, I only have less than a minute. Final thoughts. You do have to find your your own way, but do not give up and let it define you for good. And they always say when you're stressed, do something for someone else because it is a remedy. <laughs> is there a website for Ted's? Yes. Um, well, not website, but go to our Facebook page, Ted's Diaper Drive. You can... Send me a message. I'll give you a location. Cool. And if you want to send diapers, there is information there to do so. Ted's Diaper Drive. Ted's Diaper Drive. On Facebook. Yep, One on Facebook. Time. Ted's, Ted's Diaper Drive. Diaper Drive. Now, hey, Elizabeth, thank you for oh, your God beautiful bless you, witness. Drew. Thank, thank you, you. So God bless Relevant Radio. Hey, like what you just heard? Then share it with your family and friends. And thanks for listening.